We just moved into a new house. It's wonderful, except it is missing all of the finishing touches. There were no rods or shelves in our bedroom closets. There was nothing, not even closet doors. They're just big, empty holes in the wall. So we had to purchase and install closet organizers and hanging rods for our bedrooms. We started with the girls' room. And after we got through the obligatory argument that comes whenever Scott and I construct anything together, we finally installed the closet system and I got to hang up all of the girls' dresses and coats and put away their play clothes. At five months old and two years old, both of my daughters are incredibly well-dressed. This is no credit to me, though. They've been given some designer clothes as gifts, but mostly they wear originals. Emily's originals, Delaney's originals, Lyndon's originals, even Eli's originals. And very soon they will be wearing Amelia's originals. My family has been blessed by the generosity of family and friends who have passed on their children's clothing to us. When they're this young and they wear their clothes for such a short period of time before they outgrow them, it seems like a waste to buy new clothes. So our friends have kept my children clothed. I know each and every item of clothing in my children's wardrobe, and I know precisely where each came from. Blue jeans from Eli, a Christmas dress from Delaney, play clothes from Emily. It is almost as if each outfit carries with it a story, a story of the person who gave that clothing to our children or a story of the grand adventures that clothing took with each of the other children who have worn it. When the closet system was finished and was finally installed and everything was put away, I took a step back and held my breath for just a minute. I wanted to relish the momentary picture of order in my otherwise chaotic life. In that moment, I saw the beauty of that closet. It wasn't beauty from the clothes neatly folded away on the shelves or hung in a row on the rod. No, it was the beauty that I saw was of this unexpected gift in my life, the gift of community. I saw Emily and Jen and Shelley. I saw Noel and Kevin and Eli and Lyndon. I saw all of the wonderful people who have surrounded Scott and me with love and support as we have brought our amazing daughters into this world. Among the linen and cotton among the haze of pinks and purples and greens and yellows, I saw a community of love, the community of God's family. In the letter to the Hebrews today, we are reminded of the community that surrounds us. We hear again of the faith of all the people who have gone before us. And we remember again that God calls us into community 
and we are not alone on this journey. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, both those who have gone before and those who are here with us now. God calls us into community to encourage one another, to be models of faith for one another, to carry one another, and even at times to challenge one another. When left to our own devices, it can be so easy for us to allow ourselves to become isolated. We feel like we are the only ones battling with depression. We are the only ones who are struggling financially. We are the only ones who are unsure about the future of our marital relationships. We are the only ones who question ourselves as parents. We are the only ones who don't know quite what we believe about God. We are not alone in the weight and heaviness of our lives. We are not alone in the questioning and wondering about God. God has not left us to figure everything out on our own. Instead, God invites us into new relationships. We are welcomed into a new family, not one built on bloodlines, but built around the expansive, life-giving love of God. That family, this community, is ever-growing, ever-expanding. There are no limits as to who can become part of this family. All that is required of us is that we leave our hearts open to experience God's love and keep our minds open, alert, and engaged to experience how God transforms our lives. Each Sunday, as we celebrate together the Eucharist, we remember and invite the entire community of God to join us in prayer around God's table. The faithful of the past connect with the faithful of the present. When we join our voices together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Each Sunday as we pray this hymn together, we experience again the vastness of the community of God as the past and the present are one. We remember Sarah and Abraham who did not complain that God was asking too much of them with the sacrifice of Isaac, but who instead discovered that following God can take you out of your comfort zone into new possibilities. We remember the faith of Job, who faced numerous hardships and was repeatedly advised that God had left him, but who remained faithful to God through incredible suffering. We count among the cloud of witnesses Mary and Martha, who through the death of their brother Lazarus discovered the strength of their faith and that with God all things are possible. Even the dead will rise to new life. The challenge for us is to remember these stories. Remember the diversity and complexity and vastness of God's family. 
We are all welcome around God's table, and we are all invited into God's community. Let us not forget that great cloud of witnesses who surround us and support us as we run with perseverance the race that has been set before us. God is gracious and generous in God's love for us. And when we allow ourselves to be open to it, we find that our lives are transformed by God's love. The stories of Abraham and Sarah, of Job and of Mary and Martha, and also the stories of Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa, and of all the faithful witnesses who have been close to you and to me in our lives, these stories each testify to the power of God's love for us. This community, the family of God, is a gift to each of us. God gives us the gift of community to sustain our faith, as a resource of support when we are in need, and as a source for each of us to experience God's life-giving love. This gift of community, like those clothes in my children's closet, is not to be kept to ourselves, but for us to pass on and share with others. Our responsibility is to invite others to become a part of this community and share with us in the generosity, abundance, and grace that we enjoy here together. So let us not be complacent, but accept the challenge to continue to look for new ways, expansive ways, to invite people into this community. Maybe for you that means inviting a friend to come with you to church or to Wednesday night supper. Or maybe you decide to volunteer with Threads, where we share God's love by clothing children in need. Or perhaps you are impassioned to reach out to those who live and work here in this neighborhood. Come and help us to seek new ways to invite these neighbors to become involved in some of the programs we offer here throughout the week. There are countless ways that we can work to expand the community of God's family. As is our tradition, in a few moments we will observe a period of silent prayer. Consider taking that time to stare into your metaphorical closets. Think about how this community, God's community, has blessed your life. And consider what your response is to that experience of love. As we gather this morning with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven around God's table, let us eat, drink, be restored and renewed and go out into our lives, out into the world, to share the gift of God's community, the gift of God's love for us.